ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Berry. And the Arizona Wildcats men's basketball team has a coach, Brett. Tommy Lloyd is the guy. The Tommy Lloyd era has begun. For all of the... uh, (laughs) It felt like an eternity purgatory of the coaching search with its uh, (laughs) zigs and zags, if you will. Oh, I see what Uh, you did there. Okay. uh, Yeah, you know, uh, with... (laughs) I think it's exciting in the sense, in the sense of you know, it's always exciting to have something new and uh, a coach that potentially has a lot of uh, upside. Um, you know, kind of an unknown quality, a atypical hire for a program like Arizona, but maybe, you know, <laughs> an atypical route is what needed to happen given the 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 full context of where the program is at right now, um, and various things financially, NCAA sanctions potentially, et cetera. Um, and, you know, my perspective is at this point, regardless of how you felt about Sean Miller being fired or not fired, uh, regardless of how the search went, you know, I think at, at this point we have our guy and I, I think you got to feel pretty good about it. There's certainly unknown quantity there, but there's something to look forward to, I think. Yeah, and it's different for previous Arizona basketball hires, which obviously there haven't been many in the recent history, you know, but the last time there was they were looking for a full time head coach, the search ended with Sean Miller who was coming off a successful stint at Xavier. You know, he had he was a known quantity in that regard, but he was also from the East Coast. Like, we didn't know if he could succeed out West. And also, he turned down Arizona the first time. I think that – I don't remember how long that coaching search went, but I feel like it was longer than this one. This one lasted about a week. And even then, in the first couple of days, really when Sean was fired, Tommy Lloyd's name came up. Like, he might have been the first choice at that point. Now, there's a lot of reports out there. Did they really offer him the job? When did they offer him the job? They did a lot of other interviews. Were they real interviews? Were they token interviews? We don't know. But if Tommy Lloyd was the guy they liked all along, it took him a week, which isn't that long when you think about it, and they got their guy. And Arizona fans, there's been a lot of, I think, more people are upset with the process than with the... It's like, it's like when you do your math problems, right? You're supposed to show your work. Or they might you might have got the right answer, but people are still upset with how they got there. Like they're not Arizona did not show their work on this one yet. They got the right answer, maybe. But also Tommy Lloyd is a bit of an unknown. And we're gonna to talk to Peter Woodburn later on the show from slipperstillfits.com to kind of give us some insight into Tommy Lloyd because we've all read a lot of stuff and he had his press conference earlier today recording on Thursday, the fifteenth, and he said all the right things. And his background is very impressive. You know, not just at, at Gonzaga for twenty years, but as a recruiter, as an X's and O's guy, as an assistant. You know, he seems to be like a an assistant on steroids almost, not your typical assistant coach up at Gonzaga. So if any assistant is ready to take over at Arizona, it's probably Tommy Lloyd. But just for Arizona fans and Arizona people like a Gonzaga assistant, if you can get over that, then it seems like a pretty good hire, at least a hire that makes sense. Yeah, I th- I think it's funny if you go back in time to the fire Sean Miller uh, versus Sean Miller fanboy crowd. I wonder how much of the fire Sean Miller crowd, if he'd said, great, we're going to hire an assistant from Gonzaga would have said, no God, no. (laughs) Um, 
but you know, like I said, in the, in the reality, in the world of reality, where Eric Musselman was almost assuredly not coming here this year, and you know, got an extension, and you know, what what happened in terms of conversation there, and how serious interest was or flirtation was. I think Mark Pope's name was brought up. There was pretty much every Arizona alumni yeah. who expressed interest in being a head coach was brought up I mean, and interviewed. <laughs> I I wasn't interviewed, Adam, and I'm an alumni, and I know a little bit about basketball. I, where's I don't get enough respect. Um, Check your inbox. Am I on your junk folder or something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you go back like there's an email from Dave Heakey. <laughs> it's it. an indeed thing. We'd like for you to apply for this job. We think you'd be a good fit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and there there is some wonkiness for lack of a better term of the timing where it looked like in the rumors early on was it was Tommy Lloyd. And then if it was Tommy Lloyd, why wasn't it Tommy Lloyd quicker? But at the end of the day, this is where we're at. And I think, you know, I thought about it in a funny way. It almost feels like if this was the type of, this is the type of hire. If it, it tells you more about the Arizona basketball program at its stature. And I compare it to like Arizona football, like if Arizona Shouldn't. football made, well, I'm saying in the sense of like, if Arizona football was going to make this type of hire, like, an you know, 20 years assistant coach, coach in waiting at a really successful program, we'd be screaming home run hire, Mike right? Stoops. Yeah, um, I, I would consent to contend that Tommy Lloyd is more credentialed than Mike Stoops was in their relative sports at the relative times, but you know, in in the past, it would have been somewhat unthinkable for you know, a blue blood Arizona basketball program to not have somebody with head coaching experience, but you know, it's a different route. And I think Tommy Lloyd is somebody that has maybe the highest upside and potential longevity of any of the realistic candidates. You know, we weren't going to hire John Calipari, right? No. Um, it's, it, it, you know, there, it, and the way the timing worked out, you know, all but ten coaching openings were filled by the time Arizona made their their position filled. Well, right, the way the timing worked out, it we talked about it last week. It made sense for basically Mark Few or Tommy Lloyd, like Scott Drew or Tommy Lloyd. Like, if you're going to yeah. fire Sean Miller that long after the season ended, it's because you were, in theory, waiting for someone who was unavailable. But and, then, which and, which is what it made no sense that they were going to hire anyone other than Tommy Lloyd at that because they weren't going to get Scott Drew, they weren't going to get Mark yeah. Few. So if they didn't exactly. hire Tommy Lloyd, it would be fair to question like because they said why they waited so long to fire Miller when they fired him. Like, well, we were evaluating things. No, it didn't take you four weeks to evaluate that. Like that was garbage, and we all knew that. So it made sense if they hired Tommy Lloyd. Now the question I because we've we've seen a lot of Arizona alumni were not happy. And they've talked about they don't like the process about it. Like, they didn't like how it went down. Like, Damon Stoudemire got interviewed. Miles Simon got interviewed. Josh Pastner got interviewed. Um, who else? Like, Matt Brazzi got interviewed, from what I read. Like, if you were an Arizona alum who had an interest in coaching, Jason Terry, who was an assistant under Sean Miller, got interviewed for the job. And there's a lot of consternation over the fact that, well, were those real interviews? Like, did it even matter? Because Tommy Lloyd was the theory, the guy they were waiting for, because that's why they waited to fire Sean Miller for such a long time. And then Tommy Lloyd's name was brought up right when Miller was let go. And then they waited a week to actually hire him. And there's a lot of people upset with the idea that, well, why would you even interview those other guys? And what I'll say to that is Arizona alumni were not going to be like those alumni, not people like you and me, Brett, necessarily, but like the player and alumni. They weren't going to be happy no matter unless Arizona hired an alum. Because if Arizona had gone out and 
Like they, I think they fired Miller on Wednesday. If by Friday afternoon they announced Tommy Lloyd as the next head coach without interviewing the ex-players, they'd be upset that they didn't even get a chance. So they do it this way where they do interview those players, and maybe Tommy Lloyd was the favorite. He probably was at the time. And it was like, hey, see if you could convince us otherwise. And they didn't do it. Then people are upset, oh, they were just token interviews anyway. Like, unless Arizona hired Damon Stoudemire, the alumni were going to be pissed. You know, that, that's just the way it is. And they could argue the process all they want, but there's no process that wouldn't have ended with an alumni that they would have been okay with. There just isn't. I mean, TJ McConnell is going to be playing for another five or ten years in the NBA, so he's not coming to be the coach anytime soon. Yeah, and, you know, I think... Like Richard Jefferson had an Instagram where he's just going off about the process. Gilbert Arenas was not happy with Tommy Lloyd. Like, unless it was an Arizona alumni, it doesn't matter how they got there, those people would have been upset. They would have been. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I am absolutely far from the person that is, uh, you should hire an alumni because they're alumni, alumni, right? Um like in my, I have my own qualms about the process, but it has actually everything to do with more the timing of things and how the handling of the firing of Sean Miller and even the timing of firing of Sean Miller more than anything else. And the timing works better if you were waiting for Tommy Lloyd. Yeah. Like it fits anyway, whether you like it or not, whether you can say, hey, that was cool of them to do, that's up to you. But the timing makes sense if Tommy Lloyd was the guy all along. Yeah, and I can tell you personally, my biggest, you know, as a fan, my biggest stress and fear was what happens if, you know, let's assume those were, you know, going through the motions for the alumni interviews. If Tommy Lloyd decided to spurn us <laughs> very publicly and, and, <laughs> and with a big spotlight on us, you know, I you know how much I hate narratives and the narrative game, but boy, that's a... That's a really, you know, in a national perception thing, and you're a high-level program, that could have gone really badly if Tommy well, Lloyd had yeah, declined especially it. especially if they fired Miller with the idea of hiring Tommy Lloyd. And, like, I tend yeah. to believe there was, if not the deal signed when they fired Sean Miller, there was a really good understanding that Tommy Lloyd was interested in the job, they were interested in him, and they were going to be able to work something out. Like, I believe I that. Agree. And I believe the I other agree. interviews, unless, like, Musselman's like, hey, I'm interested. You know, someone from who's clearly also another great candidate you could get them, then maybe you think about that. But otherwise, Tommy Lloyd was the guy, I think, all along. And the other interviews were more just to placate people. And also, I mean, it's not a bad thing for Mouse Simon to interview for the job. You know, even if you're not going to get it, go to your interviews. You know, Damon Stoudemire, like, when it comes to the alumni, no one would have asked for any of them to be the coach if they hadn't gone to Arizona. And if that's the case, you should not be hiring them. They wouldn't be a candidate for any other job. Certainly not. If people were saying, well, Tommy Lloyd's not qualified to be the coach at Arizona. He's never been a head coach. Well, Damon Stoudemire has a losing record as a head coach. Miles Simon hasn't been a head coach. Josh Pastner's not exactly lighting the world on fire at Memphis or Georgia Tech. Jason Terry has one year as an assistant. And I like all these guys, just not for the Arizona job right now. So I'm fine with them landing on Tommy Lloyd. And you can argue how they got there. It was a really strange route it seems that way anyway it was like the longest week ever for Arizona coaching search you know really it wasn't that much time to get there and if they land on the right guy no one's going to care how it went down and that's what it comes down to like do you think Tommy Lloyd can get Arizona to the level that Arizona wants to be at and if the answer is yes then this is all going to be fine if he struggles if three years from now Arizona's winning 16 17 games a year the recruiting has taken a huge nose step then you look back and say well they screwed up getting rid of Miller <laughs> you know but if Tommy Lloyd can be the guy, then it'll all be fine. Yeah, I mean, I th I, 
I think they probably went through the. I think they're almost. I agree. I think there's probably a very clear interest <laughs> early on with Tommy Lloyd, and I think they have to go do. You know, they have to make a call to Musselman. They have to make a call to Drew. And say, what would it take to get you here? When like, they basically say, "Kick rocks." You call them up. Um, you say, "Like, how you doing?" And they say, "I'm fine. Have a nice day." Like that's it. You have to try. Well, you, yeah, you make you make those two calls when they say no. You ask Adia Barnes if she wants to coach both the men's and women's team <laughs> well, and be a mother. Say they also reached out to like Brad Stevens and a couple other coaches. They're like just to gauge They're like, yeah, we're not interested. Like, of course they're not. But you have to, you have to at least ask. <laughs> they, I mean, I I joked on on the Twitter machine early on that some Arizona fans weren't going to be happy unless it was John Wooden in in his prime, right? <laughs> um, but you know, I. As 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 bumpy as the road was to get here, uh, I think you feel there's 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 a, something of a fresh start that has you know the the last few years since the FBI raids and the Elite Eight losses, there's just a chip on Sean Miller's shoulder in the program that's been growing and that weight has been growing, and that has you know put, sent the two camps regarding Sean Miller that I I hate both of them <laughs> um, into their corners more more polarized. And if nothing else, you know, that 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 has that is behind us. And, you know, as you should with a new coach, I think there's reason for optimism. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like we've talked about on the show many times. So there's a dark cloud following Arizona basketball. And you could tell Sean Miller was a different coach the last three or four years since the FBI stuff went down a little bit more tightly wound with his public appearances, with his press conferences. And like he changed his recruiting style. We saw that. And he even changed some of his coaching towards the end, more zone defense, different style of offense. Like he grew as a coach, but it was too little too late. And even still the FBI stuff, the possible sanctions that are coming down, it's still out there. So Tommy Lloyd, he's going to have to deal with that, whatever mess there is still. You know, he's the coach at Arizona, and he said in his press conference too that he's not going to use it as an excuse. Like, he's aware of it. He wants to know more about what's happening, but we all do. But at the very least, Tommy Lloyd isn't responsible. And we talked before, like, whether you – like, Sean Miller wasn't directly named in the NOA for breaking any rules, but the people who were did so under Sean Miller's watch. Tommy Lloyd doesn't have that. You know, he doesn't have that baggage that Sean Miller was carrying around with him. So – you know, he does get that fresh start, but unlike, say, Jed Fish at football, who people are saying if they win three games, it's a great season, Tommy Lloyd, depending on what he can do with the roster that's already in place, and Kirk Carissa entered the transfer portal but may come back. Like, I mean, it would shock me if half the roster enters the transfer portal. Why not? It doesn't hurt to do so. You could always come back. But Tommy Lloyd has to re-recruit them. But unlike Sean Miller when he first took over, and I think they won 16 games or whatever it was that first year, there weren't really high expectations. Unlike Jed Fish, who there's no expectations, I think Tommy Lloyd's going to come in with expectations because he's inheriting a roster that if they had kept Sean Miller, probably wins 20-plus games and goes to the NCAA tournament. Well, they fired Sean Miller. Tommy Lloyd takes over. If they don't win 20-plus games and go to the NCAA tournament, people are going to be disappointed, and it's a rocky start. He doesn't get a honeymoon period. He doesn't get a grace period as the head coach. He's walking into a very interesting, difficult situation, but he knows that, and that's what intrigues me about him. Like, he knows that, and he accepts that pressure. He accepts that responsibility, knows what he's walking into, and is embracing that challenge. Yeah, and it's, you know, you mentioned Jed Fish. I think it's oddly analogous with, you know, there's going to be a lot of potential roster turnover and guys in the portal, and his first job is to maybe recruit some of those guys out of the transfer portal. Um, but the interesting thing in basketball, it's a hell of a lot easier 
to make a patchwork uh, roster filled out with the, in terms of scholarship limits and number of guys that are in the transfer portal, international like 1200 guys. 1,200 guys in the portal right now, last I saw. Yeah, and it's, it's insane. And it's not... And it doesn't have the mess that football has of all these people in the portal and not many scholarships able to be accounted for anywhere, right? Um, but, you know, the, I, I, obviously, I, I think I can speak for both of us that I, dear Lord, please bring Kirk Carissa and Christian Coloco back because I know there's some rumblings of even Coloco considering uh, exploring his options, which, to well, be fair, Ben I Matherin, think, too, that there's rumblings. Yeah. I mean, it would have shocked me if half the roster does that because they, honestly, they should. They didn't sign up to play for Tom Miller. They signed up to play for Sean Miller. Why not enter the transfer portal? You could always come back, talk to C- Coach Lloyd, you know, and if you like what he has to offer, and I think a lot of them will, then you can stay. Like, you can enter the portal and not leave. Like, that's a thing. Yeah, and in, and, and in a lot of ways, that might, you know, for the people that uh, do that and come back, it, it's a sign that they're bought into what, Tommy Lloyd selling, mm-hmm. right? They're not being forced to stay here. That's one of the beauties of college basketball versus college football. It, it's a lot easier to be, to move around. There's a lot more options. Um, and I, I know that's a kind of a hokey thing, but I actually think that matters if, if a team is really bought in or not. And like, just by the fact that if he has to basically, you know, quote, re- re-recruit them, he's building, he, he, he's forced to build that relationship and they're not just locked in and they're choosing to be there again. Right. And I, I think that's, you know, that we'll see who, who comes back and who doesn't, but I think that will have a positive impact on next year's roster, whatever that looks like, and then we'll see how talented it is depending on who's there. Um, and there, the, the range of possible. I think we had a pretty good sense of what the Miller team would have been next year and, you know, pretty high hopes. There's so much uncertainty now. I think we don't, you know, the range of possibilities is, is, is a lot wider, um, maybe on the upside as well, but also on the downside, but we'll see. Yeah, and he did talk about having to re-recruit the players in his introductory press conference. I thought it was solid. You know, he wasn't flashy. He was just—he seemed honest. He seemed genuine, and he seemed intelligent. He knows basketball. He knows what's facing him. But he talked about how, like, he probably was part of recruiting some of these players, but certainly not all of them, and not in the way that he really would get to know them. So he's looking forward to just getting to know them as people, kind of as recruiting goes. You don't just go say, hey, I want you to come play for my school. Like, you get to know them. You get to know their families. He doesn't have that luxury. But he also has the fact that they're currently Arizona Wildcats. Like, they're part of the team right now. But he's looking forward to doing that. And if he's as good a recruiter as he's talked to, you know, he's thought to be, then he should be able to come away with a few wins here and keep a few of these guys, keep some of the more important guys. And it's not going to be a knock against him if he can't because, again, these guys came to play for Sean Miller. He's not Sean Miller. But, you know, if he can keep the bulk of the roster intact, and to your point, there's so many people in the transfer portal if he loses a few players, he could probably find a few to replace them. <laughs> like, there's some talent out there still. <laughs> in basketball, you're just one Derek Williams away from having a surprisingly good basketball team. You know, team like it's you just get one dominant player surprised that way, and look at you, you're in the elite eight. <laughs> you know, so it is easier to build up. The rebuild shouldn't take that long if there even needs to be a rebuild. But it will be interesting to see what type of players he attracts because the Gonzaga offense, the way they run their system, if it's a lot like that. That would be appealing, I think. It's free-flowing. They move the ball. They score points. You know, he even said in his presser, he's less about, like, set plays and we're just teaching these guys how to play basketball, make smart decisions, and then just go play. Like, who wouldn't want to play in that system? There's a lot of Arizona fans who were just really frustrated with Sean Miller's more structured system. You know, he like, let them play. Let these guys go and run. You know, they missed Lute Olsen days. 
Like, hey, if Tommy Lloyd brings that style back, people are going to get on board. But he has to win. And unlike Jed Fish, who has that long honeymoon, unlike Sean Miller, who was coming off of two interim coaches years and it was just a weird situation, Tommy Lloyd is walking into a program that many people think shouldn't have fired their coach to begin with and had a roster that looked really promising. So if it's a struggle in his first year, that's not going to go well. But, of course, it's not like his job's going to be in jeopardy. Just the perception of him, like, it would go a long way if he has a strong first season. And that starts by, in theory, keeping the bulk of this roster. Yeah, I kind of somewhat snarkily half expect almost the same exact uh, record (laughs) that, you know, or winning percentage that Sean Miller had this past year for Tommy Lloyd this year. And those two polarized Miller bases are going to just flip their script, <laughs> um, which will be both <laughs> annoying and also kind of funny to me. But, you know, I think I think you got it right. I think it, at this point, there's we'll, we'll wait and see and see what happens. But, you know, as fans, we're obviously hopeful. Yeah, we are hopeful. And let's take a break and we come back. But let's talk to a guy who can definitely tell us what to expect from Tommy Lloyd. That's Peter Woodburn of SlipperStillFits.com. So we'll chat with him after this break. Welcome back, and as promised, we are joined by Peter Woodburn, who uh, writes for Slipper Still Fits, which is a Gonzaga blog. I get it because still Cinderella after all these years, even though I'm in, what, two championship game appearances in the last five years. Cinderella. Eh. But, Peter, welcome to Wildcat Radio 2.0. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, and, of course, we're bringing you on because Arizona, as we talked about earlier in the show, today, we're recording on Thursday, introduced Tommy Lloyd as a new head basketball coach. It was made official yesterday on Wednesday that they were hiring him, but Tommy Lloyd, the longtime Gonzaga assistant, comes to Arizona to take over one of the more prestigious programs out west. Just your initial reaction of Tommy Lloyd, who was the coach in waiting at Gonzaga, is now the head coach at Arizona. Yeah, this, I mean, obviously you guys know this was a really weird uh, coaching search, and um, I think that everyone in Spokane and elsewhere, there was a Gonzaga fan expected Tommy Lloyd to just stick around forever. I mean, he was he had it written into his contract that he was the head coach and waiting whenever Mark Few retired. Um, and it's kind of similar. You know, I mean, you know, Mark Few's been around forever. Oregon's tried to poach him every time there was a big name school looking for a coach. Mark Few was always in the mix. And so but he never left anywhere. And it really kind of seemed that Tommy Lloyd was going to follow in those footsteps as well. Um, and, but this came around really rapidly. Um, and I'm not really too surprised about it. You know, Tommy Lloyd is young ish. He's 46, but Mark Fuse still in his fifties and still has plenty of time to be coaching. And I really don't see Mark Few retiring until he wins a national championship and, you know, who knows necessarily when that's going to happen. And so even though he was the head coach in waiting, he could have been Tommy Lloyd could have been waiting until he was like nearly 60 years old before he would have been the head coach at Gonzaga. I mean, who knows? So I think when you have an opportunity like Arizona come by, um, you know, you just can't really pass it up. Like you said, I, I think it's one of the most prestigious basketball schools, you know, in the nation and really just one of the better um, coaching opportunities in the West coast, probably, you know, outside of Gonzaga as well. And so I think it's a great step for Tommy Lloyd. I think everyone's super happy for him. We're obviously bummed 
that he's leaving. And, you know, that's how you would feel for anyone that's been around the program for 20 years. But I think everyone's also super excited to see him uh, get a big shot and get it in such a and get it at a school with such a large profile as Arizona. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of Arizona fans are kind of questioning because he hasn't left Gonzaga over 20-plus years. And the rumor there's been talks and reports that he had been a candidate for other jobs, but he obviously didn't interview that for them. He didn't go forward with them. He was asked about that even at his introductory press conference. He's like, well, yeah, I never went that far with those schools because I wasn't going to leave my job for those, but this is Arizona. <laughs> you know, it's a different thing. So I guess if you're an Arizona fan, maybe you feel good about that. You know, this is a guy who could have been a head coach somewhere. Smaller schools, sure, and done it that way, where you go from assistant to take over like a group of five type of school or just someone that's got a smaller program, do that for four or five years, show that you can be the head coach and win, and then you get the Arizona job. He skipped that step, but it seems like this is a guy who is as ready to be a head coach as any assistant could be. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the Gonzaga uh, assistant coaching staff, you know, they've gone on to do um, plenty of other things. I mean, prior to Mark View, Dan Monson, who led the team in the 90, the 1999 run, uh, left to go to the University of Minnesota. Billy Greer, who was a longtime assistant, um, left to coach at University of San Diego. Um, I think Tommy Lloyd has gotten a lot of offers from, like you said, like a lot of smaller schools. But when you look at it, it's kind of what's the better option? You can be... Uh, the assistant coach at Gonzaga waiting for Mark Few to step down. He's also he's also has been very involved, probably more so than a lot of assistant coaches are in actual just date like day to day coaching and everything involved in that. Um, and so you can leave for a smaller school, maybe not do so well because they don't have the backing or the support or anything, or you can leave for Arizona. Yeah, I think you're right. It's it's a and that's kind of what's really a cool thing, I think, for a lot of the Gonzaga fans, too, is, you, is we're looking at it just like 20 years ago. I never would have thought that being a Gonzaga coach would be a stepping stone to being the coach of Arizona. Yeah. So, Peter, I, or, you know, I have a question for you in terms of, you know, everybody kind of knows that the, 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 the bullet points for Tommy Lloyd are, you know, it starts with international recruiting ties, right? Uh, so we kind of all know that, but I'd, I'd, I'd love for you to kind of, from an insider's perspective, say, what is, you know, for Arizona fans, what are we getting in a coach? Uh, like what are the, what are Tommy Lloyd's traits and what are the, the big unknowns with him as a coach right now? I think that one, one thing that he is really well known for within the Gonzaga program is player development. I, I think you look at the success that Gonzaga has had throughout the years um, and it's still carried through now. I mean, you look at a lot of his, he is well known for his international recruiting, but you look at a lot of his big name international recruits, you know, especially even recently, maybe outside of DeMontis Sabonis, who came in with pretty high pedigree, but Shemek Karnowski uh, arrived at in Spokane as a very, very large human being, but he only played about seven minutes a game his freshman year. And he wasn't, you know, there was an evolution there. Rui Hachimura didn't do anything. I mean, he was a project. And so one thing that Tommy Lloyd is definitely known for is on top of that recruiting is he is able to, he just has a knack for identifying, I guess, kind of the potential of those players and then helping them realize their potential because, you know, not not the best players aren't always, you know, the highest ranked recruits out of high school or anything like that. I mean, I think 
you know, rarely in college is that the case. And I think that that's kind of one of the things that gets undersold a little bit because everyone's like, oh, international recruiting, he knocks it out of the park, he knocks it out of the park. And he does, but he's also really smart about finding the players that fit within the Gonzaga program and then getting the most out of those players once they're there. You know, you talk, touched on a little bit on recruiting, and now as the head coach, you know, he's going to have final say in a lot of the roster. You know, conversely, what is Tommy Lloyd, uh, you know, is there a type of player you would say or characteristics he's looking for in, in his players that he, he tries to recruit to the roster? I think I think it's also quite a bit of what the Gonzaga coaching mindset is in that it's really a team that is oriented around kind of a brotherhood of basketball and a community and everything. And so there are very rarely, I mean, there's, there's always, there's always big egos on the team. You know, most likely if you play D one basketball, you got a pretty big ego, but everyone is always very successful at checking that at the door and being just full blown team players first. And so I think that that's the sort of player that you really see Tommy Lloyd go after. You're not, I don't think you're going to get, a lot of, um, I mean, I don't want to use the term, you know, prima donna for a collegiate athlete or anything like that. Um, but kind of, kind of getting players that are a little bit more grounded and a little bit more focused on, um, their success as a team over their success, maybe as an individual or using, for example, Arizona as a stepping stone to the next spot in their life. I mean, everyone's looking in that case, but, the Gonzaga coaching staff and Tommy Lloyd, I think, is really good at grounding players in realizing that it's like, yeah, this is this will be the next step in your life. But right now you got to focus on this and making the best out of it because you only get as far as the work you're going to put in. And we're joined by Peter Woodburn of SlipperStillFits.com here on Wildcat Radio 2.0 talking about Tommy Lloyd, Arizona's new basketball coach, longtime Gonzaga assistant. And I think that's kind of the interesting thing because some of the players you've named off talking, you know, who he's helped develop, it's like we remember them. Arizona and Gonzaga have a pretty good rivalry, you know, over the years. And to your point earlier, it's like Gonzaga is the one who sent the assistant to be Arizona's coach. It almost seems like a role reversal from what people would normally <laughs> expect. But, you know, the more we've read, the more we've heard from Tommy Lloyd, the more it's like, yeah, this is a guy he can recruit. He can develop talent. He's a good guy. It sounds like he's really genuine. His press conference today, he sounded like a, just a guy who cares. You know, he's very uh -huh. real. He's not trying to be a salesman. He's just he is who he is. And I feel like a lot of Arizona fans watched that and probably said, you know what? We may have liked Sean Miller, but we can get behind this guy because he does seem genuine. Is that is that the real Tommy Lloyd? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think all you had to do is basically after the hiring yesterday, look at previous Gonzaga players, their Twitter accounts, and there was a lot of love for Tommy Lloyd going out. Um, and he I mean, he is just a genuinely nice guy. And I think that that really is kind of one of the forefronts of his character, all, all the old or ex-players from the school. I mean, everyone basically has only said positive things about him in terms of him being a coach as well as him being a human being. And, um, and I, and, and I think that that's what makes him, I think that's what makes him, you know, a great person. The world can always use more people like that. And, and I think that's also one thing that is going to make him successful as a head coach. 
And he did say, too, like the type of offensive system he wants to run. Just wants to teach players how to play basketball, but not only drill in, set plays, and all that. Kind of like a freewheeling, more just go out there, throw the ball, and just play. You know, teach them how to be basketball players. That's, I imagine that's what Gonzaga's kind of done over the years, how they've evolved. But also, from what it sounds like, Gonzaga has evolved, depending on the type of talent they have on their roster. They adjust the game plan towards that. And I know Arizona fans maybe kind of saw Sean Miller not do that during the bulk of his tenure here. Is that something where Tommy Lloyd, he learned that from Mark Few? Did maybe Tommy Lloyd bring that to Mark Few? And then Gonzaga, like, what kind of offense is this? Like, because people say, well, it's Mark Few's team. And then you hear people say, well, Tommy Lloyd had a huge role in this. Like, who kind of brought it to who, or how did that work? I think that kind of the basis of the offense is going to be Mark Few's creation. And he was, you know, really using kind of the flex motion and everything and the flex offense. And I think that Tommy Lloyd really kind of helped fine tune a lot of that. And a lot of that also comes from just like this year's offense, this year's specifically their Gonzaga offense is a really good example where they didn't really run a lot of specific set plays. And it was more just like a loose concept of if the players here, this is where you go. And they're able to make it all work because everyone was so good and in tune on offense that it worked out that way. And I think that uh, Tommy Lloyd is well known for being just like a really, really um, uh, focused guy on all the intangibles and everything. And I think has a, has a knack and an eye for really, I think showing players how to play a little bit more like that. So I, I think that definitely for Arizona, you know, if he's coming from, if, I would, I would assume that you're going to get a pretty offensive-minded squad because that's what's coming from Gonzaga. But I think also if you get the right players in there, uh, Gonzaga's always been really good about not forcing players into a system but really kind of adapting their system to work around the players that they have. So I think you'll probably see a little bit of that as well. That's refreshing to hear. <laughs> I imagine for a lot of Arizona fans to hear that, even if they are kind of bummed Sean Miller is no longer the coach to hear, adapt to the players you have rather than try to force them into a system like it seems like it, it's like that seems like simple coaching but at the same time not every coach does that yeah yeah what do you think is going to be tommy lloyd's biggest challenge coming into arizona walking into the situation you know the, the roster's in flux uh it's a different kind of recruiting animal potentially you know you might be able to sp- swing with the, the the heavier hitter blue bloods a little bit more than you did at gonzaga you know, I, I guess, how do you, how do you, what do you see his, is, is going to be his biggest challenge in the next couple of years at Arizona? Yeah. I mean, I would say if just kind of excluding whatever might happen with the NCAA, um, cause that's obviously no matter who's the head coach there, that's going to be a challenge to work around. I think that for Tommy Lloyd, I think what'll be interesting and in the coaching search kind of revealed that a little bit, the Arizona, boosters and fans and everything are an incredibly passionate group uh you know maybe sometimes to the point of absurdity and how some of this works out and i think that um that is going to be something that'll be uh some that'll be something that's going to be tough to work through because he's going to have to figure out you know how do you manage expectations especially if he's coming into this situation with the roster in flux a little bit, um, pot- potentially with any NCAA um, punishments or anything, you know, but that doesn't, all of those things notwithstanding, that doesn't stop a lot of people from expecting 
the very most every single year. And so I think it's going to be kind of how he communicates that and how he reaches out to um, the alumni base and the boosters and everything and kind of repairs maybe a little bit of damage that he didn't do anything by, but he just got hired. So I think he's got to, you know, kind of go out there and really do a little bit of selling himself to the people that are skeptical at the moment. Um, and there's people that have a right, I think, to a certain extent to be skeptical because he is an assistant coach and you just really can't know what you're getting. Um, but if you followed Gonzaga and you followed Tommy Lloyd's career, you know that you're getting a good coach, but you know, you don't, ex I don't No one, I don't expect everyone to know, outside of Spokane, like Tommy Lloyd, the only reason he's known is because ESPN writes about his international recruiting all the time, but it's rare that, you know, that many assistant coaches, you know, around the nation. So, yeah, no, thank, thank you for that very thoughtful answer. But the, the short version, correct answer would have just been Gilbert Arenas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got to re got to reach out to agent zero and make sure that he's understands that he is qualified to be the coach. <laughs> Jeez. But you did touch on that, though, because he has never been the head coach before. And Gonzaga, people know how qualified he is, know what type of person he is, how much of a hand he had in the X's and O's of the recruiting and all that. But all Arizona fans know is his name from articles and Gonzaga fans saying, yeah, this guy's pretty good. You know, he's he's ready for this job. And there is this sense, I think, for Arizona, too, that this is a better program than maybe it actually is, especially at this exact moment. You know, if they're thinking like uh -huh. 12 years ago, Arizona was shooting for guys like Mark Few when they were looking to play when they hired Sean Miller, you know, and now they're hiring Mark Few's assistant. So it is maybe a reality check for Arizona fans, but also it certainly seems like Tommy Lloyd is that maybe maybe a lower floor, but a very high ceiling potentially for Arizona in terms of a hire. I'm sure you see it differently. You think of him as just a very good hire, a very good coach. And my fault, my last question, Peter, for you would be then five years from now, what do you see Tommy Lloyd? Like, where is he at? I mean, assuming he's still at Arizona, he has signed a five-year contract and mm -hmm. Arizona probably shouldn't be getting rid of more coaches anytime soon. I don't know where they get the money from. <laughs> so assuming Tommy Lloyd is still the coach five years from now, like what do these next five years look like for him? Like what does his first five years in Arizona look like? What do you think? I, th I mean, I think that he's, I think that he's going to hit the ground running and I, I think that he's going to succeed there. I don't see any reason for him pretty much not to and you know famous last words maybe maybe crashes and burns but i really think that his basketball iq is off the charts and the relationships that he's had with all of the players um for the past 20 years at gonzaga i think really speaks to the fact that um he's got, I think that he's got the talent or and he's got the smarts to make it work. And the, the way that I kind of phrased it um, in the Q and a with easy desert storm earlier, is that if he was a bad coach, Mark few wouldn't have kept him around for 20 years. Cause Mark few could basically have whatever assistant coach he wanted. He could Mark few could honestly probably turn a head coach of a smaller, but decent school into an assistant coach if he wanted. And so I think that the fact that, he stuck around for 20 years that Mark few kept him around slowly elevating him, um, into more and more, more of his job roles and everything. I think that that's a sign that, you know, I'd say that Mark few is one of the, one of the better college coaches out there right now. And Fair. his 
record reflects it. And that I think that Tommy Lloyd is going to be successful. I don't see any reason that he won't be. Um, I don't think he's going to necessarily have to, you know, he has the international recruiting pipeline. I'm not sure he'll have to rely on that as much because of just already kind of having the natural brand of Arizona to recruit against. Um, and so I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be super successful. I think that he is just a really smart basketball mind, um, that has really just kind of run a little bit under the radar just because his boss is Mark few. Well, I'm sure Arizona fans will like hearing that, even the ones who are on the fence. You know, it's nice to hear that this is a guy who should succeed. Like, he's set up to succeed, at least his background. He's walking into a bit of a tough, a little bit of a tough situation. He said that in his press conference, too, but he's not afraid of it. He's not going to make an excuse about it. He's ready to hit the ground running. Peter Woodburn, slipperstillfits.com. Thanks for joining us. Is there any way people can reach out? How can they find your work if people are still interested in next time Arizona plays Gonzaga, for instance, which may be this next season? We don't know. There is a game on the schedule. If it happens, it probably won't. But but if people want to find your stuff, either Twitter, I know slipperstillfits.com is the website, but how can people get in touch with you or find you? Yeah, yeah. Slipperstillfits.com is the website. The Twitter handle is unfortunately just Slipper Still Fit because I think the Slipper Still Fits was taken. So Slipper Still Squatters. Yeah, (laughs) and um, yeah, and you know, I, I don't think I, I Mark Few doesn't like to play uh, X assistance, so I'm afraid that probably my guess is that this game, the upcoming scheduled game, is going to just kind of slowly disappear into the ether but you know maybe we'll see each other in the tournament soon (laughs) (laughs) that happens fairly regularly at least it has in the past (laughs) peter thanks for joining us and yeah maybe we'll catch up with you down the road okay thanks so much guys and we come back there was more arizona basketball news some draft picks even let's talk about it all right so thanks to peter again for joining us sharing a lot of good insight on time Lloyd. because brett like we were saying like we read a lot watched the press conference it's really we won't know as much as someone who's been watching him for his time at Gonzaga because he's a mysterious hire, yet a pretty well-known hire, right? Like, he's never been a head coach, but he's done a hell of a lot at Gonzaga. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Uh, I didn't get to watch the entirety of the conference, press conference today, but talking to Peter and watching some of that, the thing that kind of struck me, not to make this a lingering uh, thing about the past, Tommy Lloyd strikes me as a similarly attentive to detail, similarly intense, similarly similarly emotional in the broad sense thing, but a less prickly version of Sean Miller, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> and that might be just what Arizona needs. I mean, we'll see, though. I, the expectations are there, like we were talking about before, and hopefully he meets them early on because then that helps you build momentum and get going. And it might start with keeping some of these players, but either way, if you're an Arizona basketball fan – I don't think you can be terribly upset with Tommy Lloyd being the coach. You can be, you can wish that Sean Miller was still the head coach, sure. But as far as Tommy Lloyd taking over the program, it feels like they could be in worse hands. Uh, a different basketball, yeah, a different basketball program. The Arizona women's basketball program wasn't that long ago where they lost in that last second shot against uh, Stanford in the championship game, but they had a good Thursday as well. Uh, Ari McDonald drafted number three overall in the WNBA draft by the Atlanta Dream, which is as high as any. Arizona basketball player has been picked in that draft. And, I mean, man, did she deserve that. Like She had such a great career at Arizona and that great tournament run. And it's just keeps building on the momentum that the Wildcats, Adia Barnes, and that program have put together. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> – I, I, I don't know if you saw the – did you see her self 
post like her self written thing about like to 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 NBA teams. I haven't that read only that kind of, yet. I need to though. Yeah, it's it's it just you know makes me want to be more of a fanboy of Ari McDonald. Well, she um, has a shirt that like she's selling that type of like it's it's Ari, and I bought one. I'm kind of jealous of that. You could buy <laughs> one too. It's it wasn't just sold to me. Well, you'll have to send me a link. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> um, show prep, yeah. everyone. We don't do it. <laughs> show prep. What is a show prep? <laughs> um, no, yeah, it's, I mean, it goes without saying, but it's super exciting, super exciting for the program. And it's, you know, if you're a, a fan of the Arizona Wildcats women's team and Adia Barnes, you know, we talked about it during the run. Uh, Ari McDonald is going to pay off her run and in individual success is going to linger in future recruiting and attention for the program. And as, as she, if she goes on to have a very exciting WNBA career, which I think we all kind of expect and hope for, certainly hope for, mm-hmm. you know, it's just going to keep, you know, building up that Arizona women's basketball brand that keep, you know, keep that positive momentum going. Yeah. And it doesn't also Trinity Baptiste was also picked in the draft on Thursday, the 24th overall pick in the draft, the second round, which, Two Wildcats drafted. That's never happened before in the WNBA draft. And, of course, if you go to the national championship game and have been good for the really the better part of the last two and a half seasons, you probably have players who should be picked and go play professional basketball in the WNBA. So that's it's surprising, but it's not. And it just speaks to what Adia Barnes has been building. And, yeah, those are two of their best players, and Arizona will miss them. But also, this is what you do. You want to build a program that's sending players to the pros because recruits see that. They see that you can send them to the professional ranks, that you can have the number three pick in the draft, and they're going to want to go there and play for you because they want to follow in those footsteps. So, you know, in terms of what's happening there, like I know her Dia Barnes' contract was extended too. Uh, the Board of Regents approved that. Spoiler alert. Shocker. You know? <laughs> but, like, she got a well-deserved raise, but also it just shows the momentum that's there, and it's continuing to build, and seeing two players picked in WNBA draft just helps that. You know, and we're used to seeing the men's team throw guys, players into the NBA and be lottery picks and all that. And I think they'll get back there, you know, with regularity. But to see the women's kind of take that mantle this season and especially like going forward, like they're not going away. They're going to be there for a long time. And that's really exciting. The idea that Arizona could have both the men and women's basketball teams be elite level programs at the same time, like concurrently, simultaneously, like that's that's a really exciting proposition. I think. And, like, the women are holding up their end of the bargain for sure. I guess the men who got to catch up now. But, like, I think there's a lot of optimism surrounding Arizona basketball as a whole at this moment. Yeah, I think. <laughs> very, very hot take, Adam. Yeah, well, you <laughs> know, that's what I do on Wildcat Radio 2.0. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's you know, it, it, hope, hope springs eternal for basketball right now because it's, there's, the cloud is, you know, Maybe in the in the in the back in the in the background, right, or at least in the rearview mirror a little bit. Plus, you know, side note: US USC received their sanctions. They a little bit different NOA, uh, different route. Didn't go through the IAR uh, IARP or whatever IARB. No, you got it. Yep. Um, and got off relatively light <laughs> with some notes um, of why they might think it's different for Arizona, though. Yeah, but it, you know, but if you factor in Arizona already self-sanctioning, if that gets them some credit, you know, hopefully that you know means that there's uh you know there's going to be some sanctions coming for for the men's program, right? But if it's you know if it's 
for time served in terms of postseason ban and similar to what USC got in in the other kind of penalties in terms of recruiting time, et cetera. You'd take that. You know, yeah, that's that that gives you all the more reason to be optimistic. Yeah. So otherwise, football still going with their spring practice. I know the spring game is a week from this Saturday. The big spring with Gronk on the sideline. He's coaching him and Brewski. That'll be fun. Um, and Brett's showing me his Gronk bobblehead, which apparently just has on his desk for the show. Um, baseball has been pretty good too. Softball, of course, has been very good. Um, it's Arizona Athletics is in a good, pretty good spot. It seems like, which is nice. Like it doesn't upset me in the least. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's been a while since we've had so much collective optimism for Arizona sports <laughs> and and success concurrently. Yeah, even I was like for football. I guess we could talk about like Daniel Bacho entered the transfer portal too, like that happened. But okay, he didn't even play last season. Not totally unexpected. And we will see the next couple of weeks, especially with uh, Tommy Lloyd in place. Now we'll see how many players do transfer or like to enter the portal. And it might be a little stressful for Arizona fans to see certain guys go into the portal. But remember, entering the transfer portal does not mean they are transferring. It just means they're exploring their options as they probably should. Think of back to football. Jamari Joyner entered the transfer portal. He came back. Booby Curry, transfer portal. He came back. Uh, Mayjean Wright, transfer portal. Came back. Then left again. And then came back. So just because someone enters the transfer portal does not mean they are gone for good. It's just a thing they're doing to explore. Because at this point, everyone enters a transfer portal. <laughs> it's, it's a phase you go through in college, Adam. Evidently, <laughs> <laughs> it is. So we'll see what happens over there in the next week or two. Obviously, there's a lot that's going to happen for Arizona basketball men and women going forward but otherwise i think that should do it for this week's show uh, a fun show a brand new basketball men's basketball coach a couple of draft picks of WNBA draft not a bad week for arizona basketball yeah and and spring football looking good so far at least the the early rumblings yeah for sure so everyone thank you for listening make sure you are following us on the twitter at wildcat radio az uh, the podcast you can find on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, you can get Wildcat Radio 2.0. Um, subscribe, rate us, review us, preferably positively. We like it when you say nice things about us. And many of you have, so thank you for those of you who have done that. We do appreciate it. But whatever happens, we're going to talk about it all next week. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.